Hello and welcome to Sounds of Smoke, a mystery adventure podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Please remember that all characters, people, events, and situations are completely made up for your fictional pleasure. They do not represent any real-life people, events, or pets, and any likeness to a reality is purely coincidental. It's just a story. Episode 14, The Keysmith. Whatever, says Dave as he rolls his eyes. There, she's here. We all turn to look. I know, we're so subtle. I see a black, heavily tattooed girl with pink hair, white leather pants, and a plaid shirt. She cocked her head to the side as we all turned to stare directly at her. She slowly began walking towards us, looking only at Dave. Wabam! She just slapped his face so hard it left a bright red print in his cheek. I saw Nick let out a little laugh, while Lola looks like she needs popcorn, because she is staring with extreme concentration, as if this was a movie and she does not want to miss one second of it. That girl loves to stare. The keysmith pulls out a chair and sits in it without saying a word. Dave takes a second to collect himself, and then he says... Hello, Clementine. It's been a while. Hold on. Did he just say... Clementine? This word sounds familiar. Clementine the Keysmith is glaring at him with what can only be described as pure rage. Look, babes. I know you hate my guts and I totally deserve that slap to the face. But this isn't a personal call. This is business. I need your expertise. You need my expertise? How about two years and no phone call? No, I'm sorry. No, I know I was wrong to sleep with your sister. No, nothing. And now you need my expertise. Why should I do business with you? You are a liar and a cheater, and I do not do business with either of those, said Clementine. Dave is staring with a blank face at her. I have no idea how he is going to get out of this one. Wow. This is like a soap opera moment. I feel like I'm in one of those romance novels I keep reading. Yeah. Wow. Graceful as ever. However, Victor's interjection has put her slightly at ease. I'm Lola. I went to school with Dave, and I need your help. I extend my hand out. She waits a bit, looks at Dave, who nods to the fact that I'm not lying, and then reluctantly shakes my hand back. Clementine Smith, business, you say? Okay, I'll do business with you and your... She looks at Vic and Nick for a second. And your boyfriends? But this one, she points at Dave, will have to earn his privilege. Fuck him, that's fair. I hesitate if I should correct her assumption about my polyamorous love life, but think against it, because no need to confuse her any further. Okay, what are you looking for? I look over at Vic, and he just stares back at me with his dumb face. Vic, can I please have the key? 
Why does everyone always assume that everyone except me is her boyfriend? And now I have to share that title with Nick. Are we that much of an unlikely couple? Huh? Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. One second. Focus, dude. I fumble in my pocket and take out the key. Here. I hand her the key. There's supposed to be a second key to this one. Can you tell us where we can find it? She looks at it takes out her black light and scans it just like the bartender's. Then, she scans it under the red light. She takes out her laptop and puts the key against its mouse pad. It scans the key image into the computer. And then, she does, I guess, what she do. She looks for something for like hours. Okay, for like 10 minutes, but it feels like hours. The anticipation alone is overwhelming. She puts the key back on a table. Yes, as I thought, you are in luck. I can help you. The second key is a biological key, and it is in a database. What is a biological key? Like a gas or a fungus? No, it's a finger. She rotates the computer towards us, and it shows an image of a large, elderly man. It's his middle finger on the left hand. In order to open your lock, you will need the physical key, which is this man's fingerprint. Oh, I I see. That's great. Then we can just track that man down, cut off his middle finger, and boom, lock open. I look over at Nick. No problem. He's a tracker. Clementine shakes her head. No good. The finger needs to be alive. It is a temperature-sensitive lock. You will need to have that man there, alive, to open it. Great. Well, I guess that's doable, too. What's the payment? Kill him. She points at Dave. Um... We all pause for a second. Dave is sitting with a frozen smile on his face. Lola is about to go into pure panic. And me? I'm considering it. Him? You want me to kill Dave? That's a little steep of a price. How about I just break his legs? Clementine looks at me and starts laughing hysterically. You! You're a funny fuck! Your boyfriend's alright! Oh, it's a joke. She's joking! Well, no graceful way getting back from that one for me. Nah, oh my god, look at your faces! Nah, if I wanted to kill him, I would do it myself. I need a ride. A safe ride for a package. Can you arrange that? No problem. We can arrange a ride or die on my account. No good. It's too sensitive of a package. There is a lot of interest about it. Ride or die will not be safe. I need someone I can trust. I look at Nick and we both have the same idea. Godfrey. I think we can help you with that. We have a guy in ride or die. He owes us. I take out Godfrey's number and call him. Godfrey, it's Victor Powell. Yes, hi. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, with the Hawaiian shirt. Hey, Godfrey. I need you to do me a favor. I need a safe ride from my friend. I'm going to put you on the phone. She'll give you the details. Here she is. Her name is Clementine. I hand over my phone to Clementine. She gets up from the table to talk details. Dave punches me in the arm. What the fuck, buddy? Break my legs? 
What are you, in the mob? We're supposed to have each other's back. What? She's out for blood. You slept with her sister. I had to keep going. Dave shakes his head disapprovingly. After she finishes the phone call, she comes back to the table. Okay, we have a deal. She texts us the information on the large elderly man who has the second key to the lock. Jerry Greenbos, age 65. Current residence, Mamaroneck, New York. Seems okay. Jerry Greenbos? The Jerry Greenbos? Yeah. Why? Who is this guy? Jerry Greenbos is the top developer for the genetically modified produce in the U.S. He's been in the news lately because the new tomatoes that he engineered can cause cancer. The guy is a monster. I take my phone out and search his name. The first thing that comes up is the video of him on the news arguing angrily with some reporter. Clementine nods and says, Mm-hmm, the girl's right. He is a crazy bastard. He's trying to poison our food supply. He puts all kinds of bad hormones and chemicals in the fruit and vegetable. Exactly. And because GreenBio, which is his, is a massive company. It brings in more money than oil. He just gets away with it. Guys, getting Jerry's finger while still attached to him is impossible. We are going to have to kidnap him. Oh my god. We are going to have to kidnap Jerry Greenbos. Kidnap one of the most powerful men in the country. Okay, so a slight hiccup. Lola, you are forgetting that the three of us kind of specialize in this shady business. We can do it. At least I think we can. It's definitely not an easy job. Those types of executives usually have crazy security. Okay, so it's not a simple grab-and-run. It's a little more complicated. We need recon. Okay, let's go do recon. Why are men always get so smug when they are faced with an impossible task? I look at Clementine, and she's packing to leave. Wait! Clementine, one last question. What do the keys open? We don't have a clue. I don't know. All I can tell you is that it's a door of some kind. But it wouldn't be a regular door, obviously. You're going to have to ask Jerry Greenbos. Good luck with that. Clementine got up, took Dave's drink, finished it, and left. I turned to Davey and smacked him on the head. Really, dude? Her sister? You slept with her sister? Oh, sometimes I just can't stand you. What? I'm sorry. It's actually was sisters. She has two. He smiled as he looked at Nick. You are disgusting perv. And one day you are going to get what's coming to you. You need to learn how to respect women. I do respect women. I love women. It's not the respect part that I'm struggling with. It's the monogamous love part. Ay vey, idiot. The thing is, I know he means well. And I know that women really respond to him. But ugh, sometimes he's just such an idiot. So, what do we do now? I could go for some ramen. What? Ramen noodles. There's a great little place around the corner. Right, Nick? Remember it? With the geishas? No, I mean, like, what do we do in the sense of, like, kidnapping the CEO of one of the largest bio companies in America? I know. I'm working on it. But right now, I need food, and so do you. 
So, ramen, okay? Or we can do sushi. Come on, we'll talk more at dinner. I'm buying. I know that Lola is agitated, but right now, I need to think. I look at the clock and it's 8.30 p.m. Wow, when did that happen? The day just disappeared. I didn't realize how late it is. Yeah, I'm pretty hungry, actually. Especially after all the fighting training. We all get up. I can see that Dave is sulking at Victor. Seriously, it's like working with kids. Come on, guys. Dinner time. I notice that Dave is mad at me. I'll buy him a beer and he'll get over it. God, Bushwick is so weird. It's either unfriendly giant warehouses, or a small one-family houses, or this empty cobblestone street that leads towards the dark alley behind a warehouse. Where are we going? Aren't we getting food? If I wasn't with three big dudes, I would have felt really uneasy walking in this abandoned alley behind a warehouse. And I still kind of do. We are. It's a hidden gem. I figured since we're doing the underground places, I'll show you this one. I know this alley is not the most friendliest one, but that's on purpose to deter any strangers. Uh Uh-huh. And that homeless guy is part of decoration. Victor stops and walks over to the homeless guy. He whispers something in his ear. The homeless guy then gets up and opens side panels that lead to the basement. Well... This looks sketchy and exciting all at the same time. Walking down the stairs, I can hear the ambient music and can smell warm, delicious food. We enter a full-on Japanese ramen house. It looks like it fell from Tokyo and landed in Bushwick. Most people are speaking Japanese, and I can see the steam rise from the kitchen. The best part is that we are greeted by a real geisha. Half of this place looks like Japanese mafia from the movies, and the other half looks like tourists. Where am I? Whoa. Cool, huh? Both Lola and Dave seem impressed. Lola's doing her childish staring thing while Dave says, Not bad, retrieval team. Not bad at all. Check out that geisha. As we sit down, the geisha pours us some sake. Nick raises a glass and gives a toast. To kidnapping, sisters, and no broken legs. Men, what are you going to do? They just never learn. Should we ask for a menu? It's all taken care of. We have a long road ahead, so relax and enjoy. I hate when people say relax. It always makes me feel more tense. I'm not criticizing, I'm just voicing an opinion. What do you mean it's all taken care of? Victor points, and I can see servers coming over to us with different types of appetizers. Dumplings, ramen, squid. Oh, this is good. This is very good. Thank you for listening. Sounds of Smoke is written by Anna Abrams and performed by Anna Abrams and Dan Medvedick.